Welcome to Equipus Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Welcome if you are online tonight. I did have a, um, an online person this morning send me a message saying, um, I'm prophesying and believing to shift to Dunedin. I did, uh, I did mention that Dunedin is a great place to live, but um, you know what? Uh, if you're tuning in online tonight and you are in Dunedin, it's great to have you here. Maybe you're from somewhere else. Uh, we would love to obviously have you here as well, but um, we pray that God blesses you wherever you are and uh, that your hearts grow larger and, and, and just you know the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome tonight. If uh, you are new, I want to welcome you. My name's Will, pastor of the church, along with the amazing Desiree down here in the um, beautiful dress. That's all I can say. The one with the hand up, that was a whole lot easier. Um, We want to say welcome to you. It's great to have you here. Uh, Our heart, as always, is that you would connect with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as, as a church, we, we, we believe in pointing people and championing people to the love of God. Amen. Who, 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 loves, who loves Jesus? And some people are verbal about it. That's awesome. I know some people are very excited inside, and that's okay as well. Um, but we, we very much want to point people to Jesus. And so I pray tonight you, you will know the love of God even more in your heart. That's our role. That's our job is, is to point people to Jesus, Amen. But this 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 evening uh, is the um, the evening service of what we call our Miracle Sunday, and our Miracle Sunday is the is the Sunday that we um, present and um, talk about the uh, the miracle offering in the life of the church. And over the last couple of um, uh, weeks, we've talked about a few things and. Pastor Jason last week shared around a whole lot more information and quite informative about the, the miracles of what God has done through and in our community because people gave uh, like you and me. And so tonight we're, we're going to take up that miracle offering again. And, and um, as, I, as you'll hear as we get into it, um, just, I just pray that you, you'll operate out of, a, uh, out of a place of just no expectation. Um, f- uh, from us. I pray you've got a whole lot of expectation in God. Um, but really, it's a place where when it comes to giving, um, as you'll hear later on, it's about giving uh, without a reluctancy and, and just knowing that there's no pressure whatsoever. If you're visiting tonight, be a guest. If you want to partner with the vision of the church, cool, you can as well. Um, if you're online and, and something leaps in your heart and you want to partner with that, that's cool as well. But we are here to encourage you about stepping into a life of generosity. Amen. Who likes receiving generosity? Ah, oh, come on. We all like receiving generosity. Who's been to a restaurant and had amazing service? Who's been to a restaurant and had absolutely abominable service? All right. Uh, who, which one do you like better? <laughs> You're lying if you didn't say the first one. Um, and so, so tonight it's about generosity. And so we do have, the hosting team does have the booklets with the um, pledge forms and the giving envelopes. And, and they're actually just going to shoot down the aisles now to make sure and hand them out um, across the aisles. If you've already got one and you don't need one, just, just pass it along to the end of the aisle. We thought this was the best way and easiest way to uh, make sure everyone's got one. Um, before we get to the end of the night tonight, and so um, just take a moment to pass them out. 
Um, as I said, if you've already got one, just throw one along uh, or throw, pass them along and, um, and we'll pick them up at the other end of the aisle. Uh, here's the thing is, even if you're, even if you're um, not in a position to, uh, or haven't even decided maybe with your, with your spouse or with your family, and, um, but just take this home tonight and, and have a pray about it and a talk about it during the week and then come back next week and, um, um, and give in to the offering. Cool. Well, thank you, hosting team. You guys have done a great job. Who likes our hosting team? Fantastic. Give them a hand. Oh, good. Well, it is it's Miracle Sunday, and I think the, one of the things that I, I love about Miracle Sunday is, uh, is the word miracle. In fact, I've only just, and I'm not sure if I'm even 100% sure, sure about it, but I've only just really learned how to spell it. Um, I used to always get the, the A and the C around the wrong way, and it always would come up with a red line, but praise the Lord for the right-hand click. Uh, I, my right-hand click's getting worn out on my computer. But um, when it comes to miracle, I love, I love the fact that it is about the miracles of God. And, and tonight, we can't even start. We can't even go into talking about generosity without first remembering and, and knowing our personal salvation in Jesus Christ. You know, we can have the worries of the world. Uh, we can have situations in our world putting a bit of weight on top of us or challenges or, you know, the prices of cucumber being $6.50, unbelievable. I may end up having to pray to, pray to God and ask for a, a gardening anointing at this rate. But there's something that we can't go past when it comes to Miracle Sunday is actually our own personal salvation in Jesus Christ. Who's, who is glad, who is happy, who is joyful that they've received the salvation of Jesus Christ in their life tonight? Come on, give God a clap of praise. He deserves all much. You know, I'm so excited we're not Auckland fans about our salvation. For all you rugby guys in here, or I've got a whole lot of Auckland friends that today are so quiet. They are so quiet because why they lost. Uh, but, but when it comes to our salvation, or when you know all the Cantabrians, I've got a few Cantabrian friends. They're a little bit louder because they're excited about their team. Even I was in the foyer tonight, and there's been a bit of heckling going on around the NBA, who won the NBA, and people wearing team tops and all that sort of stuff. My team didn't even make the playoffs, but hey, there are miracles. It is Miracle Sunday. But there's nothing. We can't go past. We can't go past our salvation in Jesus. I think about, you know my story a whole lot, and, and, I, and I share about it a whole lot as well, but, but that's because our testimony is a miracle. Yeah. Our, your testimony is a miracle. Maybe you've gone through challenges in your life. Maybe you've had uh, broken marriages, and maybe you've had relationships restored. Maybe you've had, uh, gone through things that are, but your testimony is still the miraculous love and salvation of God, and I pray that still is a miracle to you. I, I look at my own life and I think, man, I haven't got it all together and I haven't got it figured all out. I've got an amazing family, and, that's, and, I, and that's, they're putting up with me, praise God. But man, where God brought me out of, 
I think of the line of, of my family and where we were going and what God brought me out of. Like, I love my family to bits. Love them, and I, I pray that my my dad and and my, my stepmom and my sister. I pray that we would know the love of God. But I'm thanking God for the miracle that He has for me in my life. I pray tonight that there's something in your heart that stirs, and you're so thankful for the, your salvation in Jesus Christ. I'm also thankful for the miracle of church. He loves the miracle of church. We get to get together. We got to got to got to got to get together. Uh, you know, and there's all this stuff. And, but I love the church because the church is there to encourage one another, to spur one another on. And I'm like, oh, Pastor, well, we've been here for ages. We've heard you say this. Get something new. No, I'm not going to get something new. If you don't like being encouraged, I don't know what to do. I'm, st- I'm, I'm, I'm lost. Maybe we need to, no, we, I'm just going to stop because I'll get myself into trouble. But most people like being encouraged. Most people, man, when you're going through a hard time, would like someone to pray with them. Most people, I don't know how many guys that I've sat with and I've talked with through their marriages. Because that's the church. And I've had endless conversations with people. And and I think it's quite humorous because I haven't got it all together. But I know some of the things that God's led me through. Through the voice of the Holy Spirit and thy wife. <laughs> right? And, and, and we go through, we learn stuff. And we get to sit with one another and encourage, come on, man, I believe you can make this. Don't, don't, don't ever give up. In fact, there was one time in church where I was so indignant in my spirit, I stared someone down, I looked them in the eye, and I pointed them in the face. Probably the aggressive, most aggressive moment of my entire uh, ministry moment. I said, don't you ever give up. Because the person was diagnosed with cancer. And sometimes in church, you need someone to come along and say, don't you ever give up. Because you're going through some stuff, and you need that person. The church is a miraculous place. Sure, the church is full of idiots. You choose whether you're one or not. If you take offense, that maybe you chose. I'm not sure. But the, the church is full of people that are broken. The church is full of people that are needy. The church is full of people that have lost hope. But there also is church full of people that have hope. And there is also people of church full of faith. And there's also people that will encourage you and say, don't give up. That's why we need the church. One of the, one of the most frustrating scriptures in the Bible says, make allowances for everyone's faults. That's frustrating. I don't want to. Sometimes I just want to like, pay them out. But the Bible says make allowance for everyone's fault. If we're not the church and making allowances for everyone's fault, what did Jesus come back for? I don't know where this has come from tonight. This is not even in my notes. I'm just passionate about a couple of things. My salvation in church. I'm, ca- I'm passionate about that. passionate about my family. As I said, I ain't got it all together. I play around with my boys. Some of you know who they are. We wrestle. I'm like, ah, BFFs. BFFs. And they're like, ah. Yeah, they might be taller than me, but I'm still stronger and heavier. 
passionate about some things. I'm passionate about generosity. I'm passionate about generosity because I know where I came from. See, when we know where we come from, we can be passionate about generosity. Uh, and, and how do we get passionate about generosity is we just re- learn how to receive generosity. How do you receive generosity? Well, you've already received generosity by receiving salvation in Jesus Christ. That was the greatest, most amazing, generous act of all time. Where Jesus took my sin on the cross, he took your sin on the cross as well. Three days later, rose again, defeated the grave, and now we can have relationship with our Lord and Savior because of the greatest generous act, that word, of all mankind. I know there's been world wars and all that sort of stuff, and other people have laid down their lives for the cause of freedom, but there has been no one that has taken the sin of the world on their shoulders apart from Jesus, and that's my sin and your sin. I'm passionate about generosity. And in 2 Corinthians, we better get into the message. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 through 8, you'll find this in the booklet that's handed out. In the Passions Translate, and it says this, Paul's talking to, um, to, to the Corinthians here, and he's basically talking about the Macedonian church being excited. He says this, You do well and, to, and excel in every respect, in unstoppable faith, in powerful preaching, in revelation knowledge, in your, in your passionate devotion, and in the sharing, the love we have shown to you. So make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. I'm not saying this as though I was issuing an order, but to stir you to greater love by mentioning the enthusiasm of the Macedonians as a challenge to you. I love that phrase, grace-filled generosity. See, we can, we can be generous off our own back, but when it's actually grace-filled, so much more can happen. And I, I want to encourage you, I'm, I'm just quickly, briefly um, just sharing, the, you know, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the grace-filled generosity is about partnering with the cause. You would have heard last week about the amazing things that God's done and the miracles that He's done through the different things that we've pushed um, finances into. And if you missed out on that, I want to encourage you to go back online and, and watch Pastor Jason and, and listen to the, the, the amazing miracles that God has done. So partnering with the causes is important. We partner. We can choose to partner with many causes. Uh, but, but I pray that you'd partner with what we have as a church and what we are believing to do as a church together, together. Now, the other, another area that graceful generosity was is give out of what you have. You know, as we go into this miracle offering, we're not asking people to give out of what they don't have. We're not asking them to stretch themselves so tight and so thin that life is difficult for you. In fact, that's what Paul talks about in, in 2 Corinthians there. But he talks about, uh, talk, talk, we talked about the grace-filled generosity is about giving out of what we have, and, and generosity is a spirit. And so even with the widow's offering, many of us would have heard this or read this maybe in Luke chapter 21. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she, she is, has given everything she has. 
I'm not, I'm not wanting to push anyone. I'm not wanting to challenge anyone on it. But it is a spirit of generosity. It's grace-filled generosity. And we can give out of this, our surplus, but let's be generous in what we give. And, and another one was great. the grace of generosity is more than money. We talked about in Luke chapter um, 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan and how, how this, this person chose to actually engage in an issue. Uh, you know, many people these days will just walk straight past situations. In fact, sometimes in life you get nullified to the very issues that are going on. We lived in the UK for a little while and we lived at a train station called, or we didn't live at a train station, we lived near a train station called Clapham Junction. And there was many, many homeless people around this train station that'd sit outside with, with little boards just asking for money. We, would, we were so, it was just like normal, we'd walk past them. And we wouldn't reach out because there was just, sometimes, I don't know what it was, uh, we did reach out sometimes and we did help some people. We'd go and buy a burger or something out of Waitrose or something for them. But often we'd just walk past. But the, the, the grace of generosity is more than money. It's giving our time. It's, it's reaching into people's worlds and, and having a coffee with them and being an ear to listen to someone's issues and saying, man, come on, I believe for you. This was a moment where the, this person looked after the person, took the person to an inn or a hotel and even said to the people, hey, look after them and if the bill runs over, let me know when I come back. And that person just didn't pay money, but they cared and they were willing to come back. See, the grace of generosity is more than just money. It's about getting into our world. Number four, the grace of generosity is to see the impossible happen. And, and we looked at um, the boy with uh, five loaves and two fish, and we saw that there was, it was like this massive, massive issue, massive challenge, 15,000 people for dinner. Has anyone tried to feed 15,000 people for dinner? I think it would be a great anointing if you had the anointing of being able to fill 15,000 people for dinner with five loaves and two fish. That would be great, great cash expense and great organization right there. Job done. But in this moment, the need was so big, but there was faith for the impossible to happen. The need is so big across our nation, across our world, but could we, could we start just with five loaves and two fish. And as we give it to Jesus, it's amazing what he will do through the impossible. There's the grace of generosity is also proof of our transformation in our life. And we talked about the story of Zacchaeus, where Jesus said to Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, who, who often probably extorted and gotten too much from people. And in fact, we know this because in his response to Jesus coming into his life, he said, Lord, if I've ever cheated someone, I'll pay them back uh, double or if not four times, I think it is if you read the story, there's a, there's a proof of there's something stirred in his heart to go, you know what, I don't want to live a life looking inwards, I want to live a life looking outwards. And, and we shared about that. So out of that little recap and that tonight, I want to I celebrate some of the things that we've seen God do. We celebrate Christmas box. Christmas box is amazing. Yet we, we don't hear that much about it. But we know that it influences and goes into our community far and wide into Southland. 800 boxes, 800 families got to eat an extra meal or, or got to eat a meal. 
because we partnered together and, and we saw we not just packed the boxes, but we paid for the boxes as well. As a church, that's an amazing thing where, where, where people at Christmas time could just have uh, some, uh, some nice um, food in their pantry with the pressures of buying presents and all the other things coming up. You know, the Christmas production is always a, a cool thing to invite and bring people to. I want to encourage you, bring people along to the events that we're putting on. By the way, Easter is going to be huge in Dunedin. Amen. I'm, I declare right now, thou shalt not take holidays at Easter time. Amen. <laughs> Please don't take that as a soundbite, someone. But, um, you know, I was like, well, come on, I love holidays. Please have holidays. But don't have them around the, one of the major Christian festivals where we as a church, I'm believing that we could go into Dunedin and really bless our community. In Masterton, we saw, and God, God did amazing things in the five years that we were there. And God said, give a gift to the community at Christmas time. I didn't know what that meant. I thought, well, what's a gift at Christmas time? Food and bouncy castles. Amen? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I like them too much. And so the first year, we had 120 people. Everyone fed. Man, there some all the amazing bakers and cooks came out of the life of the church. There was beautiful food. And then we, had, we hired one bouncy castle, and we gave away presents, and, and it was awesome. Over the next years, we, we went from 120 to, I think, 340 to 8-something, and we're 860 in, a, in the Wairarapa College um, School Hall, and that was blowing out, and we're like, okay, what do we do now? We're like, okay, let's just do Christmas in the park. So we did Christmas in the park, and around about 25%, 5,000 people in Marsden came out to Christmas in the park. Not just one bouncy castle, seven bouncy castles. Like, if we want to get passionate about something, get passionate about bouncy castles. We bought three now, we own three. No, but man, when at Christmas time, we saw the people of Marston come out and there was joy in people's hearts. There was presents given away to people. We did an altar call one year and, and 52 people came to the front and, and we prayed for them. Come on, I want to say Easter is going to be huge in Dunedin. And so part of, the Christmas, part of giving into the miracle offering makes us able to facilitate some of these things. Heart Week. Kindergarten, schools, just connecting with people. Again, through Women's Refuge, lots of different things. Shout Conference, getting young people or getting families into Shout because we know the encounters that they'll have with God in a bigger space and to see something bigger than what we just are and to believe that, God, you can do that there. You can do it here in Dunedin as well. You know, facilitating our kids' teams and our young adults and youth all comes out of Miracle Offering. Who, who, who believes in the generations coming through. The missions trips that we go on, we put, put that into miracle offering. In fact, we're going over. Pastor Jake um, Langridge and myself leave tomorrow. We're going over and we're commissioning the medical bus that, that, that is, has been established now in India, Kolkata, that will go around all the slums, being able to screen and make sure people are healthy. We, we're going to be part of that let alone just being there to seeing the different things that happen at the, in the missions trips. 
We've seen different missions things happen in, in Tonga and Samar and in Manila, different things, and all because people gave and were able to. Revolution, Summer Revo. You know, this year we didn't do it in the South Island, but next year in January we're going to do it in the South Island uh, just before T2, and it's going to be awesome. In his presence conference, that is enabled to happen with the amazing ladies get together and Pastor Desiree ministers with a group of people and, and ladies be encouraged and all that. Um, the young adult youth ministry or a young adult ministry and, and, and red frogs and all that, all how we help enable that through the generosity of people. Come on, there's something to give God celebration for. Amen. Come on, give him a hand. Give him some praise. All right. So there's three things I want to just share with you tonight. The first thing when it comes to offerings and when it comes to giving, there's, there, there's a blessing. There's a blessing. It says now, and this is Paul, and he's talking. This is the, I think he's leaving Jerusalem at this stage, and he's heading off to Rome. This is the last time he's hanging out with these group of people, and he's probably going to, and, and it does say here, they're never going to see him again. But he says these, this is his last sort of paragraph that's written down. And now I trust into you, trust to you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Isn't that awesome? God's grace builds us up and gives us an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. They all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. And they were sad most of all because they, he had said that they would never see him again. Then they ex escorted him down to the ship. So much stuff going on in this passage of Scripture, and I like it. That's it's Paul's final words, and, and what, would he, what would he say? He would say, you know, uh, live in God's grace. Stay in God's grace. But he was, he, I like it too that he looked after his needs, but he also looked after other people's needs. He was, he was mirroring the very uh, grace of generosity. But then he also says, which was an amazing, he says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That word blessed in the Greek original is the word makorios. And that makorios means happy. Who's happy? I pray, though, that you're not just joyful, but you're happy in your spirit. I love it, you know, at Christmas time. I shared this this morning. But who's ever been grumpy when you've given someone a gift? Oh, here you go. Merry Christmas. Oh, happy birthday. I don't know. No one's ever come up to me and said that. If they did, maybe I might give it back. I'm not sure. But it hasn't, isn't it great when you, 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 you've put a bit of thought into the gift and you've given it to someone and you watch them open it and they open it and their eyes light up and they're like, whoa, wow. Maybe it's just me. I remember one year when I was about seven, I'd unwrapped every single present under the tree. I knew exactly how many presents I was getting. I knew it was going to be awesome. I knew it, no one else has done this. 
just me. But there was one present under the tree which was very disguised. It was, it was wrapped really, really well. And in fact, after slowly pulling the sellotape off and making sure nothing ripped and teared, I unwrapped the entire thing, but it was still in cardboard. And it was just too much. I had not learnt the skills to be able to get into a cardboard box yet. And so in there, I tried and I put it back and, and I was a little bit disappointed. I thought I had unwrapped all my presents, but then, then my mum said, oh, well, we've got one more present for you. I'm like, okay, awesome. And she gave me the present that I'd already unwrapped, but I hadn't been able to figure it out. And I unwrapped it, and then I was able to unwrap the cardboard box, and it was a remote control yacht. And I opened my eyes, I was like, man, this is awesome. You know, it's all about it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I received that, but man, the person who gave it, man, they were happy as well. I, I, I remember my stepdad bought my mum a, a diamond necklace. And um, he wrapped it up in a record, one of those old things. It was, they were cool back then. They lost their significance. Now they're cool again. <laughs> All right, but he taped the necklace to the very middle of the, of the record, and, and he, she had to open it. So she opened up the record. She's like, oh, yeah, cool. Stink. Because uh, she, she just got a record. But then he turned it around and he like wiggled it a little bit and suddenly the necklace went like this and meh, ta-da! She got this amazing diamond necklace and, and uh, it was real exciting. So you know how we are when we receive something, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I want to remind you tonight it's a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're so blessed to be a blessing in the world that we live in. I love Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 in the Message Bible. And some of you have heard us use 24, but not 25. But we'll, let's read them both together tonight. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Don't you love that? See, it's about the life of the generous gets larger and larger, but the life of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. There's a principle here that's working in God where blessed, being blessing is, there comes in abundance back to us. Let's move on. So there's a blessing, but do you know there's, there's a biblical reward? There's a principle in God that works in our nature, but then also works in the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 and 7, it says this, Remember this farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a, gener a, get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who, who gives cheerfully. See, there's this principle operating here where whatever you sow into, you will reap a crop of. If you sow a generous crop, you're going to get a generous crop back. If you sow sparingly, you're going to get a sparingly crop. Remember tonight, I've already encouraged you, please don't give out of pressure. But there's a biblical principle that what you sow into, you're going to reap. And in fact, and in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 to 38, it actually says, yeah, or 38 says, Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will pour into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Isn't that that's an awesome scripture? But just check out what it's wrapped up in. It's wrapped in, do not judge, and you will not be judged. 
Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will forgive. And see, if you want to sow unforgiveness, guess what you're going to reap back? You reap unforgiveness back because that's the principle of God working. If you want to to sow judgment, guess what you're going to get back? Judgment. Anyone excited about these scriptures right now? No, we like, come on, God, how come you put that one in there? We like the one give and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But it's about living a life of generosity. Sometimes I saw something from Michael Maiden the other day. He's like, if you're holding on to forgiveness, you've just got to learn how to let it go. You've just got to learn how to let stuff go. When you learn to let stuff go, when you sow forgiveness, you'll get forgiveness back. When you, There's a principle of God here. There's a reward of God in this. There's a blessing. There's a reward. The last one tonight, and the music team, you guys can jump up because it helps me slow down and finish. Are we doing all right? I feel like I've spoken fast because there's so much I want to get out, but I want to get to this moment. See, there's the blessing, there's the reward, but it all comes from the faith. Tonight, as we step into the miracle offering, I pray it's all done with faith. Never out of our own ability, just out of faith. Trusting God. Having faith that He can work in your very situation. Not just around your finances, but in your entire life. See, it took faith. Jesus puts opportunities in our life to to find out how we're going to respond. How do I know that? The feeding of the 5,000. The disciples converse with Jesus and they're like, send everyone away. Just think about that for a second. If you're the Messiah of the world, your mandate is to, to reach people for Jesus And the disciples' answer was, send everyone away. Because that was their answer. The issue is too big. The situation is too big. The night and day down the road is almost closed. There's nowhere we're going to be able to get enough food. And the expense of it is going to be over a year's worth of wages. Jesus puts us in positions to find out how we're going to respond. And he even says to one of his disciples, you feed them. You feed them. Which which challenges my thinking. Maybe it challenges yours as well, because if Jesus says to you, you feed them, I don't think he plays games. I don't think he's trying to trick you. What he's trying to do is see whether we could step into the realm of faith. Step into that ability to like, well, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to happen. But I love the fact that we just, in this moment, that the boy with the loaves and fish just gave what he had. They gave it to God. 
just surrendered it to God. I don't know how this is going to work, but he surrendered it to God. And Jesus looked up to heaven, gave thanks for it, and distributed it through the disciples, through everyone else. 15,000 people, 12 disciples, walking through everyone, baskets of bread. I don't know how the logistics of this is happening, but an amazing miracle. See, we don't know how the logistics of Christmas box works. We don't know how the logistics of Easter. We don't know how the logistics of Christmas. Some of the things that Shark Conference, all the things that we sow into, we don't know how they all end up working. Revolution Tour, for many years, we saw thousands, thousands of kids give their heart to Jesus in a moment. We don't know if they're still walking with God. We know a seed's planted. There's actually a proven stat that most people who return to Christ in their later years, over 80% of them have had an encounter with Jesus in their young years of their life. We don't know how the logistics of what God does works. But when we step into faith, He moves. And um, I'm using a different scripture tonight, but in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah helps the widow at Zarephath. And similar to the, 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 the story I read this morning, but let me read this and we'll finish here. Go and God's telling him, go into the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you've just, do just what you've said. But make a little bread for me first. Then use what is left to prepare a meal for yourselves and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain the crops and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and, she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. It takes faith. It takes faith to look outwards than it does to look inwards. I want to encourage you tonight. Is there's, there's miracles. There's miracles that are happening because people have given. This church in Dunedin has been around for around about 78, 79 years. Used to meet in Teachers College. It used to meet in uh, a school. It used to meet in South Dunedin. It used to um, meet in um, next door in the little chapel there, which has now been turned into offices. In the 90s, then they moved from there, and this, this property, this building came up for sale, and they bought this building out of people giving generously. They bought it for $70,000. 
and knows that's a bargain now. But back then, people still had to give. Still, still people had their partner with the vision. Now we get to have an amazing facility right in the heart of Dunedin, right next to what we believe is part of the call of God on our life to reach young people for Jesus and to equip and encourage them. And they go all over the world and people come in, people go out. We're excited about what God's doing. There's people living in the UK, people living in the States, all being part of the life of the church all over the world because people partnered, people stepped into faith. Tonight, as, as we take up this offering, and as I said, maybe you're not even ready to give, and that's cool. Take it home. Come back next week and drop it at the resource desk. However, whatever's easiest for you, there's no pressure. But I want to think, I want you to think tonight of some miracles. I've got a song that I asked the worship team to sing tonight. And as, as you sit and as you think, Come on, think about some of the miracles that you're believing for. Miracles. It can be health. It can be provision. It can be the salvation of your friend. But there's a whole lot of miracles that God wants to do in and through us as a church. And so, thanks, worship team. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.